0: are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team every day. Touchdown!
1: You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the Leap a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will probably find... You will almost certainly find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how crossover Thursday on the show today. Thank you for everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day. Tweet at me, get at me and let me know that you listen to Locked on Packers first in the day. Use the hashtag first listen and let me know that Locked on Packers is your spot for starting your day the Locked On Podcast Network. We're back with another crossover edition, Locked On Packers, Locked On Vikings. I'm Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. A Week 17 matchup that is, for once, not the last week of the season. <laughs> yeah. This is still really weird, Luke. I, I'm I'm not used to it. I'm not okay with it. But how
0: are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Um, Yeah. Ready to see if the Vikings can't pull themselves back into this. This would eliminate the Vikings. So it's kind of do or die right now or die next week. I don't know. It's those are the choices. <laughs> <laughs> do or
1: die now or do or die later. Um, that sounds like the worst uh, James Bond movie title that that they've ever come <laughs> up with. But uh, here we are. Uh, some big news. Ah, uh, this week uh, the Vikings putting Adam Thielen on injured reserve, mm-hmm. ending his season. Now KJ Osborne, as you pointed out on this show the last time we talked, has has turned into a heck of a secondary receiver, but this still yeah. seems like a pretty big blow in what you described as a do or die situation.
0: Yeah, they'll miss him a lot in the red zone in particular. Um, I think he's he's always had a style that would age well and it's aging now, Um, but he's always been more of a a precision, a technique, a a route running type guy. He never relied on his speed too much, Um, but he's having trouble staying on the field and all that. He had a high ankle sprain. He tried to play on it against the Rams. He aggravated it. Now he's out for the year. Um, So or out for the next month, which is ostensibly the year. So that's obviously going to hurt. I think I I have a decent amount of faith in K.J. Osborne, um, but it's. It was always going to be the Justin Jefferson show, whether or not Adam Thielen was around. Um, It's still a Justin Jefferson show. It's going to be how much can the Vikings isolate Justin Jefferson and take advantage of those matchups versus how much can the Packers avoid that and, and prevent that from happening?
1: And one of the things the Vikings did expertly in the first matchup was create conflict for Eric Stokes precisely Mm -hmm. with justin jefferson and and creating some of those high low looks where uh, the rookie corner is is in conflict he's trying to figure out one on one well there's that too the the touchdown at the end of the game was just hey it's me versus you and you expect justin jefferson to win those matchups we'll see if Jair alexander can play in this game the packers activated him on wednesday
0: dalvin cook though luke dalvin back back he's back um so he went on the covid list it was going to be like really dicey to see if he would actually even get to green bay and then they changed the protocol so 5 days instead of 10 days he's now active practicing the the whole 9 yards that will be a big boon to the run game we've seen uh, I, cook has missed a few games this year and we've seen what happens to the run game without it uh really poor vision from both madison and wangu uh who have been the principal people getting carries um really really rough Stuff Ruining plays, not having the right burst. (laughs) Dalvin Cook just has such a unique impact in how he spaces himself and how he rescues blocks and how he kind of maximizes blocks. Um, And just in how he manipulates a linebacker, you know, I mean, Chris Barnes has been. Absolutely owned by Dalvin Cook. Every single matchup, Chris Barnes has come onto the field because Cook is so good at luring you into one gap and then shifting over to the other one without losing any speed north south. Um, He's just he does the slalom ski thing. It'll be really, really, I think, important to get him back.
1: Yeah, I didn't appreciate the laughter when you were explaining that about Chris Barnes, but uh, I I suppose it's it's uh, it's earned uh let's talk about Kirk Cousins, Luke, because um, since he put together a ridiculous performance against Green Bay, by the way, with a pressure rate over 40% in that game and just making dime throws with pressure in his face over and over and over again. Since then, it's been pretty rough. And and especially yes. even even in some wins, the the win against Chicago. I mean, they won that game with 87 yards from Kirk Cousins, the win against <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, he was brutal in that game, completed under 50% of his passes in the year of our Lord 2021 for any NFL court. I mean, even like Kyle Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. It's Zach Wilson. My listeners are in on that bit. Um oh, ca- ca- it's a bit. can do okay. that. Um and and he hasn't. So <laughs> what has what has gone wrong here the last it's really, it's
0: it's really since the Green Bay game. Yeah. So when they played the Chargers, that that was the big flip because they had just lost two in a row. They lost. They did the embarrassing Sunday night Cooper Rush loss. They then lost to the Ravens. And it, they, they were... Turtling, The offense was asleep. And so they had this big conversation. They Justin Jefferson goes into Mike Zimmer's office and Zimmer says, we're going to get you the ball more. They talk to Kirk Cousins and Zimmer's begging Kirk Cousins, be aggressive, you know, sling it, test the windows, sling it. Let's go. Just get out there, loosen up and play. If you throw some picks, you throw some picks. And that worked for a couple of games. That Packers game was one of them. We've fallen away from that now. And Kirk has revert. That's very un, that is an unnatural like, hey, just go out there and feel it is like very unnatural to Kirk Cousins, who is the kind of like type A personality to like memorize every single word of a textbook for a test. <laughs> um, that, and that's the way he approaches the game is memorize as many things as you can, you know, have so much preparation that you can just rely on it and never have to think you can just be automatic about it. And that's what turns him into this Ron Burgundy kind of paint by numbers quarterback. Um, so we're we're in that spot right now where teams have figured out how to entice Kirk Cousins to make conservative decisions. And then he makes conservative decisions and, you know, failures downfield. You know, somebody doesn't run the the route right or just doesn't get separation, you know, pressure, some problems with the play calling, all this other stuff I could talk your ear off about for an hour's. Um, But ultimately, Cousins has lost whatever piss and vinegar he had in that November stretch. And he is back to the kind of check. Check it down. He checked down on a third and goal from the six and he was asked about it and he said, I just wanted to put the ball in a safe spot. Like he has absolutely no like I'm I'm really I've been really harsh on Kirk Cousins on my show this week. um, And, and so that that's I I just mind boggling to me. There, there's and a play yeah, that, a that, that offense. I saw that
1: you highlighted on Twitter. And when I saw it in person, um, I was just like, what what was that? And it sort of typifies exactly what you're saying. They had put together this this rollout for cousins, and they had Jefferson on Jalen Ramsey, and Jefferson cooks Jalen Ramsey and is running free across the field. Kirk pumps, resets, and throws late to Justin Jefferson to allow Jalen Ramsey to get back in the play, which he makes, and then of course celebrates like he was awesome, even though he was beat <laughs> the whole way on that play, which is a Jalen Ramsey special. That seems to be the the plane that Kirk Cousins is operating under right now. And when I watched the Rams game, I'm like, they they picked off Matthew Stafford three times and couldn't score more than 23 points. They still couldn't get stops consistently. And it seemed like a big reason was stuff like that from Kirk Cousins. And I hate to pile on the guy. I mean, I genuinely no, do. No, pile, let's
0: go. Well, this is okay. a safe space for Kirk Cousins, hate. Let's do it. We're, We're over on him. floor, pig pile. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, okay. so you want to hear a stat about the Vikings? This is the stat that typifies the Vikings. Uh, There have been in the NFL in 2021, 12 games where the losing team won the turnover margin by two or more. Twelve times in in the whole NFL, 12 times a team won the turnover margin by two or more and lost the game. Mm -hmm. Four of those are the Vikings. Mm hmm. It's unbelievable. And to explain the the play that you mentioned, um, he was looking that that pump was actually to the deeper route. There was a deep post that was going and it was like the safety was kind of deep enough to make it the throw, but not really in playing outside a difficult decision. But then he just sort of buffered and he couldn't make the decision on the fly and he got too hesitant. And that's what made the the throw late. Um, yeah, that, that kind of thing has happened. A lot of balls are late. We've been talking about it a lot on Lockdown Vikings. Like, what is it? Is it there, there's a theory about his footwork that I had, you know, is it just reads? Is it just kind of not feeling it? Uh, he's very out of rhythm. The Vikings are asleep and out of rhythm right now. And they need to find that like right now or everybody gets fired.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, that's something that, that is probably worth talking about at some point, but defensively, I uh. mentioned the three turnovers, um, and, and not being able to get stops consistently. I mean they still gave up 30 points and not all of those were the defense they gave up um, you know a, a special team's play as well but but Minnesota comes into this week 22nd in rush defense DVOA that was the thing not Matthew Stafford beating them to Cooper Cup or at Beckham Jr. It was the the 100 plus from Sony Michelle of all people mm-hmm. that really made this problematic for this Minnesota defense what what has what has happened? For this Minnesota defense that has them in that position, because that's not something that you usually have to worry about with a Mike Zimmer defense, especially with the personnel that they have.
0: So my understanding of it, I just wrote an article at Zone Coverage to this effect. They can't set the edge. The interior is dominating. Mm-hmm. Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson are just game wreckers. They're monsters. And then it doesn't matter because you just cut the, the, the run back away from them where DJ Wanham getting washed out by a tight end. Um, like that. And he's, he's like a beanstalk of a tie, of a, of an edge rusher and your tight end can block him. Um, it's, your slot receiver can block like Cooper cup kicked his ass once. It was insane.
1: Alan um, Lazard on DJ want them all day. is what I'm hearing.
0: Unironically do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the, the issue. And, and it's not just one of them. It's all the other. They just lost Patrick Jones to COVID IR. They've got like Tayshon Bauer being a practice squad elevation. Um, Sheldon Richardson is playing edge rusher. He's never been the best at the run. Um, they, they've had a lot of trouble setting those edges, being disciplined in their depths and kind of where they place themselves where they park themselves and then holding that spot. It's been really difficult on the outside making interior dominance completely irrelevant. And it's really, really frustrating to watch.
1: It has to be, it has to be driving Mike Zimmer absolutely crazy and Hey, look, it might not matter because he might not be the coach that much longer, depending on how this all finishes up here. That's something that we can get to in a little bit before we do that. Let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, as you cover this holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season. We had some some exciting ones last night. A couple of ranked teams went at it. Bet Online your number one spot for all your sports action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get that bonus. A lot of places are weird about their bonuses. Bet online, they deliver basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the offers available to you for the 2021 season. And it's almost 2022. Plenty to come in 2022 as well. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of these new amazing offers available at Bet Online, where the game starts.
0: Thanks again for making Locked On Vikings and Locked On Packers your first listen every day, Vikings and Packers fans. And make sure you also check out the Ultimate College Playoff Preview in 2021. Local experts, betting advice, draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. It's a separate podcast feed, so just search on your podcast app, Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, and get yourself ready for that. But... Peter, I got to ask you some stuff about the Packers. I want to start on the defensive side of the ball because the last time we played, I do we think have to? if <laughs> yes, we do. Please, God, uh, I, I think the reason if you, if you, if I were to look at the Packers that that Packers game and say, why the Packers lose secondary is probably it is Jair Alexander back. Are they going to have a better effort this time?
1: Well, uh, I don't have answers for either of those questions. Luke, next question, please. Thank you. No, um, we, we truly do not know if J.R. Alexander will be available to play for the Packers on Sunday. We know that he's been activated. Mm -hmm. He is, um, he had reached his window of coming back off IR, um, from that, that shoulder injury, collarbone injury, whatever exactly. We're a little nebulous on what exactly. it would have had to be like season ending if they didn't, but he exactly. And, and he my understanding of that injury is it was all about pain and he's been able to manage it it has not been a problem he's practiced in consecutive days consecutive weeks so he's hit every checkpoint there i I think they're pretty confident that he's going to be able to give them something in the future can it be this week we'll see that's going to be the part that i think we're going to have to keep our eye on and then how do you modify your game plan as a result adam thielen Um, you know, is, is someone who has hurt the Packers in the past Um, to not have him out there could change the way that the Packers play defense. Here's the, here's the problem that I have Luke uh, is that the last couple of weeks, Joe Barry has treated the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Like they had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed all on the same field at once. And I don't understand it. And so can they find some answers here? Do they have if they put Justin Jefferson in the backfield as they did on a, a beautiful touchdown that that Clint Kubiak schemed up in that first matchup Do they have a better answer this time? If they're going to put Eric Stokes out there on an island with Justin Jefferson, are you going to give safety help? then I guess he's not on an island right but if they're gonna if they're gonna put him outside and match him up that way, what do you do when it's Shannon Sullivan? They they are still having some of the same issues from that Minnesota game since then. In games that they've won, they've still busted some coverages. They've given up some big plays. I think some of that stuff is fluky. Like, let's not forget in that game, Kirk Cousins threw like five or six interceptions, but only got credited for what was one or two. Right. Um, and, and, that was the aggression. <laughs> right. And and Darnell Savage had two of them. One of them called back on penalty. One of them called back on uh, a review where the ball just barely hit the ground. You know, like one of the, like it was that kind of fluky stuff. So... I think we probably are having a different discussion about the the secondary struggles. If Darnell Savage gets to keep a a pick or or two of those. Um, But at the same time, it it is a very real issue right now. Um, On the other hand, Russell Douglas is playing at like a pro bowl level over the last six. He's been incredible this season. I, I can't explain it, Luke. I really can't. He's come in and just from the jump, been awesome. And there, sometimes there is just no explaining it. Sometimes the, I mean, these are NFL players. I think it's a credit to NFL talent in general, that someone like that could be on a practice squad can be a former, you know, also ran on some other teams and, and perform the way that he has two interceptions last week. Um, he's, he's been unbelievable. And I, I wonder if the fact that he has been so good, frees the Packers up to get a little bit more aggressive, to, to do some doubling and get a little bit more aggressive with how they handle Justin Jefferson. Maybe they go to the Bulldog 17 package that the Ravens used on, on Devontae Adams and just say, we're going to double you every play, and we don't care if Dalvin Cook runs for 200 yards. Justin Jefferson is not beating us. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it could.
0: Yeah, maybe. It's interesting. Sometimes you just figure out exactly what a guy can and can't do. And then you just like can scheme it up for that. And if you have guys who can kind of pick up the pieces elsewhere, it can, you know, turn a guy like Rasul Douglas into suddenly looking like the best corner. Um, So I have a broader question. I've seen a lot of like a lot of the analytics people are talking about the Packers this way and a lot of the kind of odds and stuff. The Packers seem like they're in the driver's seat for the one seed. Other than that. I'll just say, are they frauds? Are the Packers <laughs> frauds? Yes or no? Go ahead, Peter.
1: <laughs> I think we had this discussion in 2019, right? That this is the word the, Coming into the 2020 season, it was was this the, the worst 13 and three team ever? Like we had this exact conversation. Like, yeah, that 2019
0: uh, Packers team felt like so fake. And that, <laughs> I, weird. Think that, I think this that, feels like the realest Packers team of like all the 13 and three teams of the last that couple te- years. This that, one seems realer to me, but I don't know.
1: That 19 team was faker than this one. I'll say that like they beat the Lions twice without having led either of those games in regulation at all. So like that's how you know that you have some 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 fake stuff on your resume. I, I, I talked about this on the show earlier in the week and I, I tweeted about it as well. In, in a lot of these games that were close, the Packers have 12 wins on the season. in all 12 they had double digit leads or one by double digits. Now Vikings fans will go, hey us, we do that every time and then lose anyway. Um, and, and I get that. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but in I haven't even
0: gotten that far in a
1: couple of these. in six in six of their wins, Green Bay had two score leads in the second half that in games that they pretty much controlled. I mean, they were up 17, nothing on the 49ers and and it took some uh, crappy officiating and some, you know, some sort of weirdness to get San Francisco back in that game. Uh, they had a two score lead against the Bengals and it took Mason Crosby um, going outside of his body in that game to miss 14 field goals. Um, I think he just missed another one in Cincinnati. Like it, it took some weirdness for some of those games to be as close as they were. And then in other ones, you know, they, they just, they, they played well. And the, the other, like the, the Cardinals game, they were up uh, by two touchdowns in that game. And, and Kyler Murray did Kyler Murray stuff like that's going to happen. Um, I don't think this team is fraudulent, but you're right. Football outsiders doesn't love them. Um, but on the other hand, uh, 538, their ELO metric has them as the second best team in the league. Sagarin, which is more known for college basketball, but they have a point-based model for, for the NFL. They have the Packers as the second best team pro football reference or pro football focus. Excuse me their point-based model has the Packers as the second best team in the league. So I don't, I don't think they're frauds. Um, but I do understand some of the skepticism because they have not done what the Cowboys did to Washington. They okay, have not so done. That's
0: either. Peter talk for their frauds.
1: Got it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Print it, <laughs> put it on a t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, I think the defense I, I was, was the a, a little bit, a little bit fraudulent. Uh, In the middle of the year, they 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 are not as good as they looked in that stretch where they shut down Kyler Murray, they shut down Patrick Mahomes and they shut down Russell Wilson. They're not that good, Um, but they're also I don't think as bad as they looked in, you know, the, the the four weeks after that, where it's like, okay they can't stop Kirk Cousins. Um, they, they're having issues with Tyler Huntley. Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. is making plays against them, and so is Nick Chubb. I don't think they're that bad either. They're somewhere in between, and uh, they're going to need that version of that defense in the playoffs if they want to be a Super Bowl team. Should we should we transition to game specific discussions here on, on yeah. Packers Vikings because? It's going to be five degrees in this game. That was going to be my first thing. It's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to be cold. And I I said this on Twitter. um, Kingsley Kiki, who was a scratch last week, and we thought a healthy scratch, but then was not at practice on Wednesday when the team was back out there. So now it seems like he's dealing with something. Um, Mm -hmm. Tyler Lancaster, not out there. So you're talking about two critical pieces in the Packers run game Um, in in a run defense that's already 31st by DVOA uh, is already not very good. In a game where presumably the Vikings are going to run a um, I think the technical term is um, a shit ton. And so um,
0: I, how can the Vikings screw this up, Luke? The interior line. I mean, Kenny Clark, that's the answer, right? Like Kenny Clark has owned Viking centers. I mean, he's got all these highlights against Gary Bradbury, had some crazy ones against Mason Cole, who's he's out by the way now. So Bradbury's at center. They have Oliudo back at guard, um, even though Mason Cole was kind of playing well there, which sucks. Um, Yeah, that's a a weak spot and Kenny Clark can exploit it. Um, But they have Christian Darasaw. I think has played well at tackle, played well enough. He hasn't been perfect, but he's been good For a rookie, I would say, um, Brian O'Neill is every bit the guy we paid for in the offseason. And I thought Ezra Cleveland, he's been kind of settling more into playing left guard, I think he's played reasonably there as well. So it's a better line than you've seen from the Vikings the last like decade. It's not like a good one, but it's, I don't know, to our perspective, it's like, oh wow, they're like, maybe they won't be embarrassing this time. There's a chance at that. <laughs> it's degree, uh, right? that's the way, yeah. And, but still, I mean, look, we've gone into Lambo, we went to Lambo last year, and Dalvin Cook ran for like 400 yards, so that's, yep. that might be the way again. Um, also, I think he had games 46 right?
1: touchdowns in that game.
0: Yeah, something like that, and it, it, it's but it's game script, or it's game script. Um, you know, if the Packers get up two scores, the Vikings go into panic mode and then they have Kirk Cousins throw a bunch. But then Kirk Cousins, in his panic, his instinct is to check down. So then you get the Vikings into their two yard pass offense and then they just kind of turtle up and die. That's really what's happened in some of these.
1: CJ Ham, Taylor Conklin, they do their thing.
0: Yeah. Engine that makes the office go offense. Go Chris Herndon.
1: <laughs> I like the funny thing is, I like that trade for Minnesota, too. I was like, oh, I,
0: I oh, like I that. Like he,
1: <laughs> but I, I thought he was a talented player, but it turns out he's. He's um, he's a player. They got that half. They
0: got that part of it half right. He got like four hundred yards once three years ago. Like it's it's it's. He made
1: an incredible one-handed catch at a game I was at uh, Packers Jets. Uh He was really good in that game in twenty eighteen, and it's just like since then, it's been that thing. I don't know. Um, I'm wondering about this this defense because um, Mike Zimmer has always been um someone that that Aaron Rodgers has had nice things to say about and someone that he feels there's a lot
0: think, of respect there. Yeah. I, I think, I,
1: I think they both feel like the other is a worthy adversary. Right. Mm-hmm. And I go back to, I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. The Packers had gone up, I believe it was 21, nothing. And and then scored three points or something the rest of the way. It was and a
0: 2019 Lambo game. Aaron Rodgers yeah. was asked
1: what happened and he said, Mike Zimmer happened. Yeah. Um, how does this team, you mentioned the edge has been uh, part of the issue here. How did they, how did they pressure Rogers enough? Because the numbers, this, this pressure splits with Rogers are incredible. When he's a clean pocket, he is going to destroy you. Yeah. And when you pressure him, he's like Justin Fields. So what is Minnesota going to do there to try and to turn that tide a little bit?
0: Well, I'm I'm sure Zimmer has some pressures saved for the Packers. He had it for the first game. A couple of them that I, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and it was like, Jesus, those pressures. Um, I'm sure he's got more up his sleeve that he drew up in July that he's been saving for this one. Um <laughs> You know, like I, I'm sure every coach does for you know division games. So I'm, I'm sure there's some of that right now. They have a kind of a deficiency at their pass rush. No, Daniel Hunter, no Everson Griffin. They've got these guys like Sheldon Richardson has been pretty good, but all he has is a bull rush. Um, and they've kind of got a lot of guys that are like only bull rush. So you've got to do some pressures in some of your, you know, the cl- classic blitz scheme stuff that Zimmer does. Um, and, and you'll you'll have to get that. Against the Rams, they're I, I thought they called really good coverages as well against you know Cooper Cup and stuff. Cup got his, but um, I thought they did a really good job kind of countering some of those concepts once. They had the first couple drives once they kind of got a little information. I thought they did a really good job adjusting in the middle of the game. Vikings yeah. will have to do that. Well, you know, the whole um, LeFleur Zimmer adjustments, the cat and mouse game there with with Rodgers and stuff. Um, they they know that Aaron Rodgers is really hard to fool, but I think they also believe that they can do it if they go crazy enough. So I would expect to see some wild scheme stuff. And I would say if you don't, then. Then that's that's probably a fair reason for this to be the game that gets Zimmer fired, which you have the chance to do here. If Zimmer doesn't make the playoffs, which would happen if the Vikings lose this game, that's pretty much it. Everybody in Minnesota pretty much knows that that's it. So Aaron Rodgers actually has the chance to kill Mike Zimmer once and for all in this game. (laughs) And and you know who knows that? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, for sure.
1: He knows that. And he's you know, he's already sent a text to Brian Goodikens like. Um, Mike Zimmer, defensive consultant uh, in Green Bay in 2022. I'm just like, I'm not saying I'd come I kind of like you, would that, work but with I'm Jerry just Ray. saying.
0: I think there's beef.
1: Well, you, I, I think if you're the Packers, you go, hey, Jerry, congratulations <laughs> on a great career. Thanks for everything. But um, <laughs> why don't you follow Nathaniel Hackett to wherever he's going to go be coach? Because. Uh, there you go. We would love to we would love to see it. Um, no, no, they'll I mean,
0: reunite. Aaron Rodgers and Mike Zimmer will reunite in Oakland or in Las Vegas.
1: Ooh, juicy, juicy.
0: Does Devontae <laughs> Adams come in that scenario, too? Yes. They're all going to play in, uh, in. The AFC West over there. I hate to admit how,
1: how like low key fun that would be. Not that I yeah. want to see that, but like if, if that's like if it's, the, Derek if it's Cars the Packers, if it's the nuclear scenario. There are there are less fun options than that one, right? Yeah, it, it is it is hard for me to believe that that Rodgers would want to go to the the AFC West. Just seems like difficult for me to believe that he like Denver or Las Vegas because those are the two big names, right? Like those are the places to go. I, I don't know, man. Like it's just it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Art, would you like? I don't know if you saw the comments. I've been waiting to ask someone from from a, a rival team this. Did you see the Aaron Rodgers comments yesterday about retirement?
0: Sort of. It seemed really boilerplate. It seemed like he just kind of did a lot of saying, well, I don't, I don't know anything. Let's just focus on the game kind of stuff. Well,
1: OK, so th- I think that that's kind of true. But as someone who has been like parsing every word that he has spoken over the last 18 oh, I'm months. Sure.
0: I'm sure that um, that sounds excruciating.
1: It's. Seen, yeah. yeah oh, oh, yeah. Believe me. Um, I, He sounded like someone who was I, I did not buy the I was close to retiring last summer I'll say that. And then to hear him spend all the summer fall and winter now talk about gratitude and living in the moment and and speaking glowingly about his teammates and telling Justin Fields to embrace the moment and the rivalry and all this stuff it it has felt like someone on a on a goodbye tour. And and for him to say well you know we'll see he said a couple things in the last like two or three weeks where I'm just like, are we one hundred percent sure he's gonna play next year? Like one hundred percent sure. Yeah. And I don't know, like if as just as as from a Vikings perspective, like if he decides I'm just done, is that a more or less satisfying outcome than him going to Denver or Vegas?
0: I don't think from like a rivalry perspective, as long as he's not, as long as we don't have to play him twice a year anymore, (laughs) like that's the, I don't really care if he goes somewhere else or whatever, if he retires or something, Uh, maybe he'll come out of retirement and play a retirement tour year on the Vikings and truly follow the Brett Favre path. That's the joke we all have is like, well, all right, can't wait till 2024, a geriatric Aaron Rodgers leads us to the NFC championship game. Um, But like, yeah, so I, I don't know about that, but this does feel like this game is The final matchup of Zimmer and Rogers, and Mm. uh, it's three, three, and one, right? So this is like the title rubber match. Yeah, and like one way or another, either it it is very difficult to see both Aaron Rodgers and Mike Zimmer staying in their respective places. It's one or the other, maybe, but it's difficult to see both. So this is it, and I think there's there's a really fun stakes to this, even though it doesn't have a lot of implications on like the. I mean, the division's already won, right? The wild card is this crazy thing, and the Vikings are sort of, uh, not, you know, on the hanging on by a thread and all that. So like the actual implications mathematically are uh, kind of lame. Three
1: three and two is objectively the most funny outcome, though, right?
0: That's what I want. That so.
1: <laughs> Give me a
0: five degree tie. Let's go. But this is—it's like the title for this like crazy awesome matchup. Like you could write a book just going over those eight games and the the defensive scheme and the offensive scheme, the things that um that that Packers the Packers have done in those. It's fantastic. So I don't know. It's I, okay. So exciting. I like the
1: Packers in this game. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think the line is too much. I think seven and a half is too much. Oh, um, yeah, I think we're, t- I think we're like, I think we're looking at like 27, 24, 30 to 26, like something in there where it's like four, three, four, five. I think we wins, but I think it's going to be close. I think, I think the Vikings cover. What do you think?
0: So the Vikings won on a field goal last time Packers went on a field goal this time. It, it must be symmetrical. And it must be something that makes you feel pain anytime you think about anything remotely close to it. That's the rule of the Vikings. Um, I I like a 20. I like a low scoring game. It's cold out. It's going to be a lot of running and stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I I think I like a a a 21, 17 kind of thing or a 20 to 17. Yeah, like a 20 to 17 kind of deal. I, I like that. And either that or it's one of those games that The final score is like 20 to 16, but it wasn't actually that close. Kind of like what we just did with the Rams 20 to 30 to 23, but they kicked our ass. I don't know. I don't really (laughs) believe in the Vikings right now at all. I I think they're just kind of broken and they're out of gas. So we'll we'll see if they have anything. It feels a lot like the 2016 matchup when we went to Lambeau second to last game of the year. We got absolutely blown out with like, playoff hopes, you know, hanging by a thread. Adam Thielen broke out in that game and that was just about it. And otherwise, you know, the season was kind of kaput from there. And they were eliminated. And, and it Nelson, feels like the same Jordan situation. Jordan Nelson yeah. put
1: the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I I, um, I, I can't say I, I don't remember that because I definitely remember that. It was wonderful. And um, we will we will see if we get a repeat of it. Either way, you and I will be back here uh, tomorrow for, for our shows and then Monday, the rest of the week, talk about it. Luke, this is awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate a, pleasure, uh, a great 2021 season. I hope we get many more. All right, I want to thank Luke for joining the show today. Awesome crossover edition. Packers-Vikings getting set on Sunday night. Remember, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.